Welcome to Revealing Men, conversations that pull back the curtain, revealing the inner lives of men. I'm Randy Flood, psychotherapist and director of the Men's Resource Center of West Michigan. Well, I'd like to welcome Al Haystack and Otha Brown back to the um, Revealing Men podcast to discuss the benefits and challenges for males um, who might be wanting to see greater male-to-male intimacy. Um, We do that in our groups, and so we're going to discuss that in a larger way as well. And Al Haystack is a principal therapist at the Transformations Toward a Healthy Sexuality program and also does some work with men with trauma, EMDR. Um, He's also been doing some work with the domestic relationships group that helps men with domestic abuse issues and anger management. He's been at the center for almost 20 years now, or at least 20 years, right now? 20 years. Yeah, long time. Seasoned therapist. And so Otha Brown is uh, the principal therapist in our domestic relationships program, and he does in-person groups and online groups for men who struggle with domestic abuse and anger management. And he also does the progressions program, works with young men who are struggling to launch and kind of get their feet on the ground and, and does some great work with with young men as well. So thank you guys both for coming and having a chat about this. We always think tongue in cheek here at the Men's Resource Center that we have a problem um, in that we have men who struggle to leave our groups sometimes and we got like waiting lists for people that want to get into our groups. But we ask ourselves sometimes, why is that the case? And because they can't sometimes or won't work to replace you know, the nutritious male-to-male intimacy that they're experiencing in our groups. <clears throat> I was thinking about the Surgeon General, um, Vivek Murthy, I think is how we pronounce it, um, who's this current Surgeon General, and he also was for Obama. He says that loneliness is the 21st century, <clears throat> is a public health problem comparable to cigarette smoking in the 20th century. He cites um, compelling research in his book, Together, that I read and I highly recommend it, that says loneliness takes years off our lives, and particularly for males who historically prize independence, rugged individualism over relationships. So sometimes males don't get the permission or the rituals to gather in ways that produce and cultivate emotional intimacy. They're socialized more to -to shoulder-to-shoulder activities than face-to-face. I've experienced, and I'm sure you guys have as well, heard men that talk about um, it isn't being alone or solitary that's the problem. We often value those solitary times, but it's feeling lonely in the company of men. Um, So Al and Otha are here to talk to us about that. In in our groups, they're intentional, they're designed, and they're led for men to face each other and face honestly what is happening in their lives. So what happens in our groups that provide men healing, maybe a awakening, um, some movement in their personal growth? What is maybe the special sauce? Yeah, to, <laughs> to really address that question, what I see is that um, guys approach group therapy with some trepidation. They are not sure what to expect. But, you know, our model is uh, engagement and to uh, help guys uh, begin to um, talk about themselves, talk about their their lives, their 
their relationships and and uh and as much detail as they are comfortable with. But that process is foreign because whereas guys go to work and they experience contact with people on the job or they go to a, a picnic or some kind of dinner or some kind of a, uh, engagement, no one is really up for listening to them about their lives in details like we are. And uh, to explore a problem like we do. And the other guys in the group understand that when a new person comes in. Yeah. And therefore, this is a new environment for them. This is a new experience for them. And it is freeing. And um, they, they tend to like it quickly. Yeah. Right. What do you think, Al? Well, yeah, there's just a lot there in what Otha said, and it, yeah. it, um, it, it gets me in touch with my history with Otha, which, which is that um, my, my wife, who works as a social worker here in town, uh, worked for an agency that was working with Otha, and she said to me, gosh, you, you got to meet, meet Otha Brown. Uh, okay. So this was back in like 2013, something like that. And so it, it connects to me emotionally a couple different ways. One is that um, on the level of wanting to connect with Otha, um, at that time, um, it was just pretty much Randy and me working at, here at Men's Resource Center. And, uh, and I was, I was uh, very interested in uh, getting to know him, and um, yeah, I mean, um, from Philadelphia, social worker here working in the city, and um, I, I was, I, it was like bridging some of my own sort of loneliness, you know, I mean, it was Randy and me, but right. I wanted more of a team, and uh, and and then, um, and then I, as Otha is sharing and Randy is sharing, I get in touch with why I'm actually at the Men's Resource Center, which has a lot to do with how I grew up with all that. I grew up with that male socialization, which was a lot of shoulder-to-shoulder stuff. I remember when Randy mentioned that sort of phrase, I think when we were sharing, getting to know each other and our, our, our past uh, athletic experiences. And I played Little League Baseball and played basketball and ran track, and I had a lot of buddies but I never really had a bridge to my loneliness with another man until I was in my, I was like 25. Started to have a deeper conversation. And then, you know, decades later, more and more, and recognizing how valuable that is and been in a men's group myself for a very long time. Did you lose your ability to play sports when you started making those connections? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes we think of those binaries, right? That, right? that, you know, you're going to get emasculated or something. But I think you're still a pretty yeah. big sports fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like, we, you know, this is not about, uh, this is not about a subtraction um, proposition. This is right. about addition, you know. We don't encourage our men to give up their independence. No. It's right. like add a little interdependence. And uh, so what Oath is talking about with uh, 
man, just not having that experience. I mean, I, I feel a real sense of compassion for men who come in who don't know what it's like to be able to have those conversations. And then they start to have those conversations. It's like the burdens that they're carrying all of a sudden get a little bit lighter because mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm able to express some of this energy that's in right. me and I'm not alone with it. And my shame narrative goes down a bit and I get another perspective. I, you know, I, I, I'm dealing, oh, in my loneliness, I'm dealing with a little committee in my head. Oh, well, that's pretty dumb or that's screwed up or, oh, that's weak or, or whatever, you know, that committee in my head. And it's like, I start talking to another man and I hear his reality and all of a sudden it's like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can start feeling my humanity come through right, right. this masculine <laughs> shell that I've right. developed. Yeah. yeah. It's like you, t- you talked about not losing independence because I think males traditionally are grown, grown up and socialized to prize independence. Like you want to stay in that place of yeah. independence. And then women historically, traditionally more, we're speaking, we're kind of fostering dependency, you know, relationships and, you know, connection. So talk about that notion of interdependence and how that fits in with what we're trying to teach. So, as I said, <clears throat> coming into um, a setting where, well, first of all, I usually meet with guys individually before and to prepare them well. And and I generally promote group and I say, you know, I, if I were you, I'd choose group. And the guys are looking at me, they're kind of puzzled. But I do it anyway because I know the experience is so gratifying. Yeah, and um, so as as we begin uh, in the group process, these guys are um, kind of looking for what I've been mentioning to them, and to uh, get in a setting where you're able to share things about your life and see other guys perk up and encourage you. And um, one of the first things we do in group when a new guy comes is introduce ourselves to them. And that's intentional to make this new person feel welcome. Mm. And um, there is where the connection begins with group members. Uh, You know, some guys try to remember guys' names. Some guys try to remember things about them. So that days. Later, and, and sometimes I'm so surprised when guys come back, oh, yeah, you mentioned that when I first came in. And uh, there is, uh, uh, you know, almost instantly a connection. And, and again, these are points that people prize, relish, treasure, because it doesn't happen everywhere. Right. Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, there's this kind of we structure our groups and these different kind of rituals um, to to create connection, and mm-hmm. so you have this ritual at the beginning of welcoming yeah. the new member and giving other guys a chance to talk about themselves, and 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 that is a very inviting and a safe way for people to enter the group. Abs- so, absolutely, yeah. Um, we we don't soon forget the experience of coming in. Be, you know, who, you know, many times these guys have never been in a therapy group. 
Right. And I thought about, you know, when yeah. we think about therapy, therapy is a novel thing. People are like, therapy, I don't, I don't need therapy. And I, <laughs> I break them down. It's like, hey, how'd you like to just sit down and talk to somebody about anything you want to talk about in a, in a, in a, in a week? Right. And yeah, I like that. Well, that's right. therapy. Right. <laughs> so yeah. we kind of demystify that term. Yeah, yeah and also not just demystify but also um, de-stigmatize it. De-stigmatize. It's like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And what's wrong? Oh, there must be something wrong with you if you're going to it's therapy. therapy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Funny. So, El, what are you, what are your thoughts about that kind of dependency, independence, and then that kind of construct of interdependence mm. and how you talk about it with guys? Well, what Oth is describing is men starting to experience some level of cooperation rather than competition, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and I'm certainly not saying to men, well, you know, it's all about cooperation and there's, you just give up any kind of competitive spirit you have. Well, right. well no, no not, not saying that. But <clears throat> the move from independence to interdependence is really tied in with moving letting go of some of that competitiveness and into more of a cooperative spirit. And that's what people can experience in group. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what was it that Magic Johnson said? Um, you know, there's no I in team, <laughs> right? right. You, 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 you're an individual, you have your individual skills, you got your role to play, but, you know, there's there's this this other this other entity and um, my competitive mind. So and and you know we talk with guys about you get into a group and and um, you start doing comparing. I mean guys are doing right. this all the time. You know it's like okay well I'm in a I'm in a um, a substance group. Okay well let's see I drink worse than him, <laughs> not as bad as him. <laughs> Um, right. I mean, we're sizing each other up right. all the time. I mean, it's, it's a very, you know, and, and when we acknowledge that it's not, it's, we're not like judging that. It's like, this is what we do. Of it's kind of where the male brain goes. Yeah, well, yeah, just where the, the human brain goes in a way. It's kind of like, uh, I got to, I need to protect myself and I need mm-hmm. to kind of assess da- right. for danger and all that. So we're doing this kind of competitive and, and, um, so we, uh, we compare and then, and we start doing this sort of, I'm, I'm looking out of the window at other people and I start making judgments and assessments and, and all of that. And of course, being in a group invites me to look in the mirror. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to okay, I, I need to start looking at myself. And what Otha said is about, well, gosh, we encourage men who are new to just listen and we'll will make you feel welcome. And we're going to share with you, before you even have to be on the spot, why we're here, right. something about that. So then this man that is afraid to look in the mirror, much rather look at the window and compare, you know, they get the experience of not just looking, they, they can they can look out of the window, but they're looking out of the window at other men who are looking in the mirror. 
they're 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 like, wow, yeah, these, gosh, th- this is different. Oh, so, and they're not like doing all this competitive comparing thing. They're just talking right. vulnerably about what's going on with them. Dang, if they can do that, I guess maybe right. I can do that too. Right. Sometimes I tell guys, I said, all you got to do is show up and, and you don't have to say a thing. Just listen. What do you mean? I mean, that's just a typically very antithetical because usually male culture is, is about bantering and like you said, competition, Al. So you got to show up and you got to know how to banter. You got to know how to compete with the conversation. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of anxiety. How am I going to fit into this group? How am I going to have this conversation when you say, just just show up and listen mm-hmm. and observe. Take take in what you see and then they start seeing some of what you just described, Al. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking too about the the different kind of groups we run and that sense of competition and comparison. And we often would hear this in like the domestic group. Um, Well, I'm not as bad as that guy because I've never, I've never pushed, pushed my wife. I've only screamed at her or I've never hit my wife. I've only pushed her. And so there's that comparison or I haven't gone to jail. I've, you know, I'm, you know, and so the, and then in the uh, transformations group, you know, I haven't had extramarital affairs. I've I've only looked at pornography, and so when you start hearing that from men in the group, um, how how do you handle that? Getting it from maybe comparative analysis and competition into engagement and cooperation and learning from each other. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> guys are are very interested. Well, first of all. Uh, Many of the guys that come in feel a sense of shame. Yeah. And there are all kinds of efforts to cover that. And and this is where men want to appear better or bigger, stronger than they really are. There's um, uh, a lot of that, you know. And um, um, but but as we we try to bridge that gap in terms of telling guys, you know, why don't you just tell your story? You you don't have to make yourself sound wonderful because we're all on a common ground here. I'm here mm-hmm. because I understand you. And these guys have understood themselves and can understand you. So we really want to hear your story. And that that approach, I mean, different wording sometimes, helps a guy um, start to be authentic, more authentic. It may take a second group member, a group visit, sometimes a third. Right. But that approach is that we are not trying to judge you we're not trying to assess you know who you are we want to know how we can help how we can engage and um you know that's that's the best way i've found to to bridge that problem yeah often counterintuitive for guys to think that being honest and vulnerable and sharing shameful stories is going to create connection yeah. You know, that there's this his, his history sometimes of that when I'm vulnerable and sh- share 
my brokenness or my flaws that yeah. I'm going to be ridiculed and condemned. Yeah. And so that's the special sauce and the nutrition that I talked about at the beginning is that for them to actually see yeah. other guys doing it and then for them to take that risk to tell their story from a place mm-hmm. of more accountability and introspection versus kind of externalizing and blaming so yeah. I can protect myself. Yeah, be, you know, we um, we have some you know, find foundational phrases about participating in a domestic relationship group. One is an argument is a waste of time. And we make that point because <laughs> you're never going to convince someone that they're wrong. We're, we're saying what we're saying because we believe deeply about what we're talking. And so yelling at someone and saying, you know, you're wrong, you're wrong, that's never going to work. And, and so guys can see that arguing is a waste of time. So that's foundational. The, the second one is that um, we struggle to talk about ourselves in a, in a, in a positive light. And um, we, we have to understand that rarely will a comment make things better. So what you say has very little impact. But what makes things better, and Brene Brown uh, says this all the time, what makes things better is a connection. Hmm. And to be able to talk about your problem so that we share information with each other and gain by process that's what makes right. the group works and work. And so rarely would a comment make things better, but a connection does. And so yeah, so we we just have to have some foundational points here for folks to identify with to understand the process. And uh, that's one of the things that helps. Okay. I like those foundations. Yeah, that's that's really that that's that's really good. Um it's almost like you're saying, um, if you get into the defensive arguing posture, then you lose connection. You do. I have to remember that the next time I have an argument with my wife. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> but you know, the um, <clears throat> discovering that connection um, is is really so powerful. Um, when uh, and that was just a really great response to what what Randy is saying, and 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 it gets me in touch with um, this whole notion of image, maintaining an image, and uh, so, I mean that was um, you know that was certainly part of my image, part of my reality, growing up male and being. A, a fairly decent athlete and a good student and shoulder to shoulder with other guys. And I was trying to maintain an image of being a good guy, you know, and, and on one level, there's nothing, you know, I was taught to do that. I was taught, well, be, be a good guy. Right. Um, but between an attachment to that image of myself and superficiality with other men, and distance from other men, 
not having practice at being closer emotionally with other men. Uh, then I get into intimate partner relationships and um, I've got this image thing going on. I want to maintain the image. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't want to talk about vulnerable stuff or difficult things. Right. I want to avoid the conflicts. Right. I, I don't want to talk about her feelings or mine. And then what happens? Don't have much connection. No. And so the link between developing and maintaining connections with friendships, you know, other men or, or I mean, it doesn't just have to be men, um, but with other people where I can learn how to be vulnerable and emotionally connected and mm-hmm. let down the guard, you know, let down the image. Um, that, that can help me be at more peace with myself. That can help me have more friends and it can help my intimate partner relationship. Well, it's, it's deconstructing that old belief that somehow connection or wanting relationships is, you know, I'm going to be dependent, therefore I'm going to be more ladylike and, and I'm going to be less manly and I'm going to be yeah. weak. Mm-hmm. And so trying to, part of what we do in groups is this revisioning of masculinity and giving them a healthier idea of what masculinity can be and it's broader and it can be more and and I think that Nobi Way, who's a developmental psychologist, talks about how boys have deep connections. They play and they and they are very affectionate with each other. Then about adolescence, they start disconnecting, yeah. trying to chase this pinnacle of masculinity of independence, rugged individualism. <clears throat> and then the Surgeon General says <laughs> that that's <laughs> that's not working. Not working. Um, it's called the loneliness factor. Um, is causing people this, to die at a five to ten years younger if, if you have loneliness as part of your life. Um, even that Harvard um, happiness longitudinal study that I that's been going on for eighty something years, yeah, right? They true. say, what is the most important thing that creates happiness? And they say the research says Friends. social fitness, yeah. connections, not yeah. like. Yeah. You know, you've got to make X amount of money or you got to have these kind mm-hmm. of cars or you got to have this kind of credentialing or this kind of job. It's the primary thing is social fitness and connection. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you get guys to, if they don't want to leave group <clears throat> because they don't have this way of replicating what they're getting in the group out there, do you have discussions with them? You hear guys talk about taking risks and trying to talk to their male friends differently or trying to start up a group at their faith community or what do you hear with guys kind of struggling and wrestling with that? Well, the 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 reports are uh, disparaging, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Despairing that they, they try oftentimes they try. and it, and it yeah. doesn't always go so well, right? Yeah, I mean, guys who are, you know, have been, and I have guys who've been in a domestic group uh, for over two years. Yeah. That's, you know, when I first started, that's amazing. You know, I would think that, you know, guys would stick around for two years. But it's, it's, uh, it, it's something that I understand now. Right. Because guns have come back, because we, 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 we talk about, hey, group is practice. 
And if you want to play, get out there in your social setting and try to Mm. do the same thing Mm. you're doing here, make connections in your social settings. And and I've I've seen guys that made a a really valid effort. I come back and they, you know things are going and I'm trying and you know I found this group and I'm trying and uh, I found this guy and somebody's on but and and then there comes a point where you know it, it, it's it just doesn't take off. Unfortunately, very disheartening. It is. It is. Yeah, it to is hear those stories. Yeah. 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 Um, and and uh, for for several reasons, but but mainly because personal accountability is really high in the <laughs> in our in our domestic relations group is right. because guys have very little skill in making these connections <laughs> with each other, and of course the the first or second time you try something new may not go that well. We understand that. But there's a need, and guys are trying to meet that need. And, um, and, and so I don't, I don't complain when a guy sticks around. Right. Uh, we, we don't you know, talk about, you know, why can't you do this outside the group? Right. No, that, that's, that, that's, not, that's not what we do yeah. uh, because we understand that uh, these, these making connections is a skill. And any skill, anything you try, you you you'll not do well at first. But as you continue to uh, make efforts, it, it starts to improve. But the group is a good place to work on that, you know, and and not give up faith that you know there is there is an opportunity for me to make connections in my social yeah. groups outside of this group, and they. This really gets me in touch with um, <clears throat> maybe e- even more ways to talk about it because we were talking about this a week ago, p- preparing for this. And it's like, as Oath is talking, I just started to realize some experiences I've had with guys in group and my own experience in a group and uh, some of the options. So um, I certainly have had men say, well, you know, I've tried. I've tried that and it didn't work so well. Um uh, okay. Um, when a man gets this, has this experience where he learns a little bit more about how that, fee, how, how it works to make a connection and, mm-hmm. and valuing it. So, and Oth is talking about it's a practice. Well, one model could be that they stay in the group. Another option could be that, you know, maybe they, they wean themselves off from being in a group and they, they start experimenting maybe with a 12 step community. A group, or maybe with a faith community. I mean, men have you know, their church groups. Church groups aren't, you know, aren't like exactly like a counseling group, but but it's where other men gather. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes men can maintain a relationship with a therapist, like is they maybe they keep going to see Otha once in a while to kind of get grounded in that that in that practice, and then they go out and they kind of keep keep working at that. Um, one of the experiences that I had, I mean, I've been in a men's group on and off, and my, my own sort of, I mean, my own, it, it, it's, it's not mine, it's, uh, but it's a peer mm-hmm. group um, for a very long time. <clears throat> and there was a period of time, there was a stretch where there were about four or five of us, and then 
one guy moved away. And then, you know, anyway, it ended up there was just two of us, right? And so, well, it's really hard to have. It's not officially a group, Al. Group. <laughs> it's, it's just two. You've got to have at least three. <laughs> so, but a lot, a lot can be gained sure. from that. And so this was a really good buddy of mine. And so for about two or three years, we just maintained this connection and we would do this checking in and all that kind yeah. of thing. And then eventually we got a couple of other people and so now we got we got more people in the group. But I think that is that's also a possibility. And, and I also just have I, I have some hopefulness for uh, some of our younger men that are coming up. Um, uh, our our sons are in their right. in, in early 30s. Uh, some of how I've seen them have have uh, camaraderie, and uh, and I and I love this story. My wife and I do a lot of uh, Amtrak training. You know, we're, we're on the we take Amtrak train in various right. places. And yeah. a couple of years ago, we were taking the train, the Empire Builder, out to the Northwest. And uh, you know, there's observation car, and you can mill around. And so, Kath and I are playing this game, and I notice these four guys. Young guys, mid to late twenties, and they're having conversations that remind me very much of being in a men, you know, having our men's groups. <laughs> I mean, they're talking about relationships and intimacy and vulnerability, and <clears throat> so you went up to him, didn't you? I went <laughs> up to him. <clears throat> I'm sure you did. <clears throat> and and I said, "Hey guys, um, my name's Al. Uh, I, I work in a." I work in a counseling center in, uh, in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And, and uh, oh, hey, hey, sit down, sit down, you know. So I sit down, and, and um, uh, they're from Chicago. And I said, gosh, you know, I, I, I don't usually expect to hear conversations like you guys are having except where I work. <laughs> and, and, um, and they started to tell me about the connections they have with each other yeah. and that they're part of a group of about nine or 10 guys that get together and they have all this camaraderie mm-hmm. and I'm going, dang, this That's is wonderful. really, this is really cool. So yeah. what's going on now? Well, what's going on now is we're going out to Glacier. The train we were on goes right through Glacier right. <clears throat> and uh, we're going out to Glacier um, um, because John over here is getting married and this is our bachelor party. I went, this is a bachelor party? <laughs> You're going to go hiking a glacier with your buddies. It's like, gosh, you know, more power to yeah. you. That's really cool. And one of the things they said was that um, it was important for them to do this. I mean, it was practical things. But they, they said specifically that um, there's only four of them because that would increase the level of connectivity. Well. Wow. You know, if right. they had a if they had a trip with ten or eleven guys, it was going to be so. Um, and yeah, so that that really hit home to me. Yeah. Um, the hope for young people, and also their awareness that you don't need to have ten or twelve guys. You you know, but but it's probably good to have more than two. Right. Mm-hmm. And and uh, to have that kind of right. Yeah. So changing, <clears throat> changing the socialization, and so we hopefully in the OB way, developmental psychologist, 
can continue to measure this and see in what what are the mental health benefits if if young men don't disconnect and go into this rugged right. individualism and dependence. Right. And these young men are saying kind of foraging and kind of pioneers, if you will, and tra- saying, hey, we can do something masculine like hike <clears throat> and we can be connected. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Charlie always said to me when we wrote the book, Masculopathy, he said the mental health community has it backwards. And he says that they say that people who are depressed and anxious um, one of the symptoms is that they they have poor relationships, and uh, you know they're and, and he says no, the men are depressed and anxious because they don't have connections, they don't have relationships, mm-hmm. and the more we can keep men and give them permission to to make these deeper connections, the I think you're going to have serious mental health benefits. Yeah, um, and so the work we do in that area is is pretty big. Yeah, pretty big. Any final comments on? On, on this topic of getting men to connect in group and then taking it on the road? <laughs> well, <clears throat> just going back to wh- where I started, I've just been delighted to have Otha Brown as a colleague. And yeah. um, I, you know, his, his office is next door to mine and I can hear the energy sometimes, <laughs> you know, and, and the positive vibes and guys come out of there and... Um, so it it's just really been it's just really been good and I'm just so grateful that um he brought all of his counseling history cuz he's been doing this work for a very long time that he brought it you know to us and uh um and, and uh yeah I'm uh I'm really um grateful to be part of a team here um you know we've got a couple of others that have come on younger guys that have come on and um, Zach and Brian, and uh, so, um, and and you know, it, we need to keep practice. I need to keep practicing right. these principles. I mean, that's one thing I'm saying to guys all the time: do not, <laughs> do not think that I've got a corner on this just right. because I, I I can teach you something about this, and you think that sometimes, well, it's all about what Al would do. Um, no. Um, I got to practice the same thing right. that I'm trying to share with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I have to echo and part what you're talking about in terms of the relationships that, um, that, uh, I have, um, enjoyed with you and Randy. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and, and, uh, make mentioned as well, the resource center, uh, is part of the Fountain Hill Center, and there's other relationships around here yeah. that we right. have uh, we we have uh, deepened and um, and uh, come to re- rely on talk about interdependence. Yeah, and uh, so yeah. I um, well, I I live it every day around here, and uh, it's a pleasure for me to teach other guys uh, to to realize what. They can have if they focus mm. on it and um, begin to value it and search for it, and develop it. Well, it is a pleasure to have both of you. It's like there is there is an advantage to aging. I know that we uh, have disadvantages with our bodies and stuff, but the wisdom that's uh, around this table and and the, what guys tap into when they come into your offices and the groups that you run and how you run them is is a, it's a it's a blessing that you guys are able to do that here with me and 
lots together. So I appreciate you coming in and talking about it. And um, you mentioned that Ulta's from Philadelphia, so I know that this is a taped podcast, so we'll have the answer to this question. But tomorrow, not tomorrow, but two days from now, the Super Bowl and the Philadelphia Eagles are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Otha, good luck with that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Go Eagles, huh? Go Eagles. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Revealing Men. If you're looking for more information about counseling, coaching, and consultative services, please visit the Men's Resource Center of West Michigan online at menscenter.org. Also, feel free to contact us on our website if you have questions about this segment, ideas for a topic, or would like to be a guest on the Revealing Men podcast. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a rating so others can find us. Be well and have a great day.